from deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, who watches the watchdog when the watchdog is out dogging? Former acting inspector general for the Department of Homeland Security, just for the Department of Homeland Security is all. Charles Edwards this week pleaded guilty to two federal charges. That's twice as many as one related to stealing software and sensitive data from the government. The inspector, acting inspector general, Homeland Security did that. He said he did it. Confirmed by the Department of Justice. He stole confidential proprietary software from the U.S. government following his tenure at the Office of Inspector General of Homeland Security from February 2008 till December 2013. It's about five years. I'm just doing that on the fly. Come on now. Edwards also admitted to stealing data while working at the U.S. Postal Service. Why does the Postal Service have sensitive data uh, prior to his tenure at DHS? In, both his ro- in his roles at both agencies, he had access to proprietary software systems, some of which contained personal information on federal employees and case management information. Well, you want to snoop on federal employees, be my guest, babe. Following his time at Homeland Security, he founded his own company. Ah, now we see a plan emerging. His own company is Delta Business Solutions. Give them a call. Maybe they can do it for you. Uh, during 19, uh, sorry, 2015 to 2017, he admitted to stealing software from the Homeland Security Department's Office of Inspector General, as well as sensitive databases within Homeland Security and post office personnel information. Probably just wants to get the mail delivered earlier. His motive behind the theft, ah, this according to nextgov.com. His motive? to develop a commercial version of the case management software used by Homeland Security and other public offices to sell back to government agencies. Wickedly quick. uh, uh, Wickedly crooked. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is according to the Justice Department. The charges Edwards pleaded guilty to were conspiracy to commit theft of government property and theft of government property. So he conspired to do it and did. But no no evidence here whether he actually succeeded in selling it back to the government from which he stole it. That's the clever part. We'll we'll attempt to follow up on that. But uh, we won't try too hard. Hello, welcome to the show. I was the 
From New Orleans, Louisiana, where we're celebrating winter by, uh, you know, shivering for a day or two. I no, I'm not. I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm Harry. I'm, 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 I'm not the complaining type of guy. I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the smart world. Getting smarter all the time. Now, first of all, let me ask you a question. Did you know that trees can slow down 5G cellular telephone signals? Seriously now, did you? Because the uh, news website Axios.com says, quote, it's been long known that trees can slow down some 5G signals, unquote. 
Known by you? No, not but known by me. I don't know who knew it, but... A recent federal study aims to figure out just how much trees slow down 5G signals. Never too late, ladies and gentlemen, for that study, since they're just about to roll out 5G. They've been selling you phones that can get 5G signals for two years now, right? And you've been paying through the nose for them. And now you realize, perhaps, they're not doing 5G yet. Anyway, just on the verge of 5G being rolled out, a recent federal study wants to create more accurate signal strength prediction models. 5G has the potential to supercharge wireless networks, says Axios. Its rollout has revealed a range of complex challenges. This would be the kind of thing you would do before you roll it out in a different industry, as opposed to tech, which is just, roll it out, we'll see if it works later. Let them pay for it. Researchers at the National Institute of Standards and Technology measured the strength of signals that rely on the high-frequency millimeter wave spectrum. That's the higher-frequency type of 5G that really is faster than 4G. And uh, they wanted to test it through different types of trees during different seasons of the year. Researchers have known that obstacles like foliage or even rain could reduce millimeter wave signal strength, but the federal team at NIST wanted to more precisely measure the impact trees have. They measured it on seven types of trees at their campus in Gaithersburg, Maryland. The leafier the tree, the more strength the signal lost. Well, let's just have leafless trees from now on. What about that? I mean, it's the branches we really like. The research was part of an ongoing project aiming to provide more precise measurements of that signal loss. By providing measurements and methods to measure, we're enabling others to more accurately, precisely assess the loss so it can be overcome, says uh, Chief of NIST's Wireless Networks Division. We believe it can be overcome. Hey, man, I believe it too. Let's all... Can we get together in belief? Can we gather together this morning in faith? Verizon already uses millimeter wave spectrum for some of its 5G services. So they've rolled that out. But both it and AT&T, it and AT, plan to use airwaves at the lower frequency, the C-band, to expand the service. That's the band where it may interfere with altimeters on airplanes in the air. That's the spectrum that can better penetrate obstacles, like your walls. But um, there is that problem with uh, altimeters. With more services crowding airwaves, the uh, head of networks at uh, NIST says using millimeter wave spectrum and overcoming its limitations will be necessary. And, and you might add, that's the 5G that really is any faster than the 4G we've been using for years. But we're building all those new towers and masts and everything all over the place. Just in case. Just in case it works. Somebody's worried about the smart world, the California Department of Motor Vehicles. It's revisiting its opinion on whether Tesla's so-called full self-driving feature needs more oversight. 
after a series of videos have demonstrated how dangerous the technology can be, according to the Register, British Tech Journal. Quote, recent software updates, videos showing dangerous use of the technology, open investigations by the Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and the opinions of other experts in this space have made the DMV think twice about Tesla and, quote, full self-driving, a feature that does not provide full self-driving. They, they admit that. It's just a name. That's according to a letter sent to California Senator Lena Gonzalez, chair of the Senate's Transportation Committee. Tesla isn't required to report the number of crashes to California's DMV, unlike other self-driving car co- yeah, self-driving car companies like Waymo or Cruise, because Tesla operates at lower levels of autonomy, i.e. not really full self-driving, and requires human supervision. That may change after videos of things like drivers having to take over to avoid accidentally swerving into pedestrians. <laughs> crossing the road or failing to detect a truck in the middle of the road continue circulating. FSD is available to all Tesla owners who are willing to pay $12,000 extra for it. And it's not fully self-driving. Imagine how much you'd have to pay if it really were. The uh, FAA has now released a promised list of major American airports to be surrounded by buffer zones that won't have 5G C-band service. That's to avoid that uh, problem with altimeters. The tech is slated to go live January 19th. What's today's? Um, 50 airports selected, JFK, LAX, and SFO among them, based on number of low visibility days and geographic location, as well as traffic volume, says the FAA. Uh, The buffer zones designed to keep wireless signals and aircraft separate, following those reports of C-band 5G interfering with altimeters. The uh, wireless companies, your AT&T, your Verizon, have agreed to turn off transmitters near the 50 airports for six months to minimize potential 5G interference with sensitive aircraft instruments. The CEOs of the two companies, however, have denied that 5G could be dangerous for aircraft operations. Well, let's hope they're right, huh? After six months, this again, according to the register, the technology was originally scheduled for switch on 5th of December. That date was pushed back twice already over safety concerns. The phone operators are now negotiating with the FAA on subsequent rollout dates. Oh, this all couldn't have been worked out in advance. Who could know? Who could know? And the smartest part of the smart world right now, it seems, is the wonderful world of cryptocurrency. And uh, the register does report this. Cryptocurrency startup Ethereum Max. There was already an Ethereum, but there wasn't a Max. And top celebrities, including Kim Kardashian. She's a top celebrity. Come on. Come on. 
and Floyd Mayweather Jr. are accused in a proposed class action lawsuit of colluding in a pump and dump scheme that scammed invest I mean victims. The lead plaintiff alleges that Ethereum Max inflated the price of its original of its digital tokens by getting stars to promote the product. Big names such as Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather, and former NBA player Paul Pierce touted Emacs tokens. Value increased, and then guess what? It quickly plummeted. No. You've got to be... When the company sold its own shares of the token. Sure, the company sold its own shares. You've got to believe in your own product, so you sell it off before the bottom falls out. No, it's a good investment, ladies and gentlemen. I have 48,000 shares. No, I don't. The misleading promotions and celebrity endorsements were able to artificially increase the interest in and price of the tokens during the relevant period, causing investors to purchase these losing investments at inflated prices. That's a a claim in the lawsuit. The tokens are minted. Sure they are. On the Ethereum blockchain. Sure it is and are traded against the value of the cryptocurrency Ether. (laughs) It's backed by another thing like itself. It's kind of a mirroring kind of a thing. Token holders can choose to trade or spend their digital coins. Yeah. Yes, they can. Are you guys into crypto? Kim Kardashian asked her... uh, Instagram followers. This is not financial advice. At least she's got legal advice. But uh, sharing what my friends just told me about this token. She uh, posted last June. The price then deflated immediately afterwards, according to the lawsuit. It's, but it's smart. It may be crooked, but it's smart in this Smart, 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 smart world. And now, news of the warm, won't you? Would you like some Ethereum tokens while you're waiting? Soft, listen to the warm. Oh, you waited too long. We can listen to the warm. They were worth a lot for a minute there. The year 2021 was the sixth warmest year on record, according to an analysis of global temperature released this week by two, count them, two U.S. government agencies, NASA and NOAA. 2021 tied with 2018 for sixth warmest, according to NASA, which uses a 30-year baseline period. So in 30 years, this will seem normal. A separate analysis by NOAA showed 2021 average temperatures were one 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit above the 20th century average. Last year, put in sixth place by itself ahead of 2018. Part of a long-term warming trend that shows, shows signs of accelerating, according to officials. Nine years from 2013 to 21, all rank among the 10 hottest since record-keeping began way back in 1880. Must have been freezing back then. It's certainly warmer now than at any time in at least the past 2,000 years and probably much longer, according to Russell Vose, chief of climate monitoring for NOAA. He says it's driven by increasing concentration of 
heat-trapping gases like your CO2 and your methane. He adds that 2022 will almost certainly rank among the top 10 hottest years. Well, that's going to be a year bumped out then. There's probably a 99% chance that 2022 will rank in the top 10, he says. A 50-50 chance it'll rank in the top five. This sounds like sounds like they're uh, now going to allow betting on what are going to be the, the top hottest years as we go by. That sounds like a good thing for a casino to do. Last year, global temperatures were dampened by the presence of La Nina in the eastern Pacific. That's the natural cooling of parts of the central Pacific that changes weather patterns globally, Tom, globally, and brings chilly deep ocean water to the surface. It is the colder counterpart of El Nino, which boosted global temperatures in 2016. Climate scientists said 2021 was the hottest La Nina year on record. But wait, there's more. Tiger sharks in the North Atlantic are swimming farther north and doing so earlier in the year due to warming oceans. Your tiger sharks are not so dumb after all. This according to a study published this week by the journal Global Change Biology. Global Change Biology? Yeah, I didn't even call on you for that, Tom, but you picked right up on it. This potentially affects the entire food chain, and humans, researchers on the project said, though the consequences of the shift weren't what they were looking at in the study. The consequences of changing the ecosystem are rarely positive, says a professor of atmospheric sciences at the University of Miami. They have a university in Miami. You have to assume we had this delicate balance, and now we're messing with this delicate balance. Tiger, He says, tiger sharks are cold-blooded. This is why so many of them become Asians in show, in show business, uh, meaning they rely on the environment to regulate their temperatures, with their ideal temperature being about 80. Sharks can be found off Florida and the Bahamas during the winter, but they travel north during the warmer months, according to a marine ecologist at the University of Miami as well. They're like snowbirds, he said. I'd rather be around a snowbird than a tiger shark. If You, you know, if it's all the same to you, sir. The sharks are apex predators, after all, meaning they have few natural predators at the top of their food chain. They eat almost anything they can capture, including many kinds of fish, sea turtles, and birds, maybe even snowbirds. They play important roles to maintain checks and balances in the food web. If ocean warming causes tiger sharks to shift where and when they are spending their time, that can have rippling, cascading effects on other species in the ecosystem. And, you know, they don't have to have a meeting, even, to decide, hey, guys, I got an idea. Let's swim north. Extreme weather in Alaska that has brought record high temperatures and torrential downpours has left authorities in the far northern U.S. state warning of Ice-mageddon. <laughs> Ice-mageddon, ladies and gentlemen. This, uh, this is according to Agence France. <laughs> Huge sheets of ice are blocking roads and choking traffic in Fairbanks, according to the state's transportation department, which came up with ice-mageddon to describe the chilly 
impasse, more since it's Agence Presse, impasse, we're experiencing an unprecedented series of winter storms, the department tweeted. Scientists say the unchecked burning of fossil fuels and other human activities changing the climate, making it more prone to wild swings and unpredictable. Weather specialists at the University of Alaska Fairbanks called conditions of the past few days, quote, very unusual. Hours after thermometers on Kodiak Island reached 67 degrees Fahrenheit, the warmest December temperature ever recorded in Alaska, the interior of the state saw an inch of rainfall in just a few hours, a downpour unseen in decades, and then the temperatures plummeted again, and it all froze. Yeah, it's getting nutty. And the tally provided by the humanitarian organization Christian Aid put the cost of the 10 most expensive weather disasters of last year at $170 billion, according to Deutsche Welle. From deadly Hurricane Ida here in the good old USA to devastating floods in China and Europe, environmental disasters like storms, fires, and heat waves have cost the world $20 billion more this year than last, the group said this week. Researchers said the increased cost is the result of climate change, adding that the 10 disasters in question also killed at least 1,075 people and displaced 1.3 million others. Most expensive weather disaster of last year was, of course, Hurricane Ida, causing some 50, 65 billion in damages, both in Louisiana and the east coast of North America. So this uh, climate change thing is like... Uh, it's, it's like real or something, huh? All right, then. News of the warm, ladies and gentlemen. It is, um, I believe it is a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. That's my, uh, that's my best information on the subject. But now, please join me in welcoming to the program a long-established feature, the Apologies of the Week. Come on, welcome it. Okay, forget about that. Welcome. Ohio Republican Representative Warren Davidson apologized this week for comparing Washington, D.C.'s COVID-19 safety protocols to Nazi Germany. Well, of course he did. That's what you do, isn't it? Bad things happen when governments dehumanize people, he said in a tweet. Sometimes there is a next step to systematically segregate them. Unfortunately, any reference to how the Nazis actually did that prevents a focus on anything other than the Holocaust. I appreciate my Jewish friends who have explained their perspectives, and I feel horrible that I've offended anyone. My sincere apologies. Unquote. Representative Warren Davidson, Republican of Ohio. A large British energy firm apologized to its customers this week after sending them socks, free socks, advising them to turn the heat down in the midst of Britain's energy crisis. E.ON Next sent socks to about 30,000 households with a tag attached to them, said that lowering their heat would reduce CO2. The households had taken part in an energy-saving campaign last year, according to The Guardian. The socks messaging couldn't have come at a worse time. UK households are facing skyrocketing energy bills, 
because of a combination of cold weather, nuclear plant outages in France, and reduced gas flow from Russia. British consumers will pay roughly $1,000 more this year to heat and light their homes, according to the Bank of America, and they won't pay it in dollars. The energy company posted an apology on Twitter saying they are incredibly sorry about the socks. We'd like to say we're incredibly sorry for how we've made some people feel in light of the seriousness of current challenges that many people are facing. This mailing should have been stopped, and we're sorry, unquote. And speaking of British apologies, here's British Prime Minister Boris Johnson facing Parliament in the wake of new reports that there were new parties held at Number 10 Downing Street during a period of time when the British government was imposing lockdown or similar restrictions on the rest of the country. Mr. Speaker, I want to apologize. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want or to do the things they love. And I know the rage they feel with me and with the government I lead when they think that in Downing Street itself the rules are not being properly followed by the people who make the rules. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. And I must take responsibility. Number 10 is a big department with the garden as as an extension of the office, which has been in constant use because of the role of fresh air in stopping the virus. And when I went into that garden just after six on the 20th of May 2020 to thank groups of staff before going back into my office 25 minutes later to continue working, I believed implicitly that this was a work event. But, Mr. Speaker, with hindsight, I should have sent everyone back inside. I should have found some other way to thank them. And I should have recognised that even if it could be said technically to fall within the guidance, there would be millions and millions of people who simply would not see it that way. People who suffered terribly, people who were forbidden from meeting loved ones at all, inside or outside. And to them and to this House, I offer my heartfelt apologies. Well, yes. And then there's the fact that the invitation to that meeting in the garden at Number 10 Downing Street concluded with the words, bring your own bottle. That marks it as a work event, doesn't it? Deadline Tampa. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor this week publicly acknowledged and apologized for past administration's roles in erasing black cemeteries from the city's history. The last two years have seen a deluge of reports on rediscovered black cemeteries across Florida. That led to the creation of the Task Force on Abandoned African American Cemeteries and new legislation to address the issue. Lost and forgotten cemeteries became a focus after the Tampa Bay Times reported the purposely forgotten Zion Cemetery under an East Tampa housing complex. Said the mayor, 
We can't right past wrongs, but we certainly can acknowledge those and apologize for the wrongs of our community in the past. Castor issued the apology from Memorial Park Cemetery. It was founded over 100 years ago to serve as the final resting place of black veterans who fought in World War I. Well, no better way to honor them than to build a housing development right over them. A Catholic diocese in Poland apologized this week for having asked a court to determine whether a man who was sexually abused as a child by a priest, whether that man is gay and whether the sexual contact may have consequently been pleasurable for him. Following wide criticism, the Bielsko-Zivik diocese said its letter to the court should not have included questions about the victim's sexuality or have suggested that he drew pleasure from contact with the priest. The diocese dismissed, sorry, dispatched the letter in response to a lawsuit by the victim. Poland's Catholic bishops had already strongly criticized the diocese in southern Poland. The uh, victim was an altar boy when the abuse began. He sued the diocese last year. I said altar boy. Oh, here's another British energy apology. One of Britain's largest energy suppliers has apologized after it advised customers they could cuddle pets and eat porridge to stay warm. Ovo Energy said it was embarrassed after a link to a blog containing such energy-saving tips was sent to its customers. The company said it had removed the blog so it could update it with more meaningful information for customers. It recognized the content of the blog was poorly judged and unhelpful. We are embarrassed and sincerely apologize. A deadline Flint, Michigan, the leader of the Flint area Republican Party, who made a harassing phone call to a Democratic official in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, was placed on probation this week in order to write an essay about the effects of bullying. 24-year-old Matthew Smith was accused of calling Jennifer Kelly, the elected clerk in the county, and threatening to poison her dogs at 1 a.m., a buddy of his was running against her. He vigorously denied any threats against the dogs, but pleaded guilty to malicious use of a phone. Quote, I apologize for calling Miss Kelly and making a political phone call late at night. You should never make a phone call to someone late at night and spook them or startle them. Unquote. He must perform 240 hours of community service in the middle of the... No. Daytime. And pay $650. His record will be scrubbed clean if he stays out of trouble. We, all, we, we should all stay out of trouble, don't you think? And finally, a lot of the apologies from Britain this week. A Lambeth, Lambeth is a borough in London, a council member who used offensive and discriminatory language on social media has resigned. Philip Normal. I said, Philip Normal. He used a derogatory word for transsexual people, branded Muslims as extremists, and likened Muslim women to penguins. He was the former mayor of Lambeth, said he was profoundly sorry for the messages. The leader of the Lambeth Labor Party said she welcomes his resignation. She said, uh, I regret and I share the hurt caused in our community by this incident. I know that sorry is not enough. Many in our community continue to experience racism 
on a daily basis. Mr. Normal, <laughs> who describes himself as a trans ally, said he was proud to have been a ward councillor and mayor of Lambeth. I have been a dedicated campaigner for equality and against homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism, Islamophobia, or any other form of discrimination. But he walks away. Sorry. Have you heard about the Lambeth Walk? No, no, no. Then we'll sing about the Lambeth Walk. Lambeth you've never seen For the skies ain't blue and the grass ain't green It hasn't got that Mayfair touch Oh, but that don't matter very much We play the Lambeth way Not like you out a bit more gay And when we have a bit of fun Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy Anytime you're Lambeth way Any evening, any day You'll find us all Doing the Lambeth walk Every little Lambeth gal With a little Lambeth bell You'll find them all Doing the Lambeth walk Everything free and easy Do as you don't will please Why don't you make your way there Go there, stay there Once you get down Lambeth way Every evening, every day You'll find yourself Doing the Lambeth walk Sure, this is a show, and um, it's been, I think, um, a commonplace on the news the last couple of days. What a bad week President Joe Biden has had on the eve of the first anniversary of him taking office. Now, the first an- the first anniversary of him taking office is, you know. In, in the context and in the shadows of what tried to prevent that from happening, kind of an accomplishment in itself. But then, you know, there were these next 365 days. And um, the week 
was punctuated by a very forceful speech that he gave in Atlanta um, advocating the passage of these two voting rights laws by Congress. The bills have been sitting there. One of them was introduced the first day of the new Congress last year. It was called H.R. 1 to sort of call attention to that fact. But he had not really engaged in public support and um, championing of these two laws until this week. They come to a vote this week, this coming week, and are reported to be dead on arrival. And, um, of course, the uh, Build Back Better Bill bill is dead for a while, at least. They may try to uh, bring it back. So it's been um, a time, as I say, most of the media have um, focused on as um, kind of a low point. He's at a low point in the polls, certainly. Um, But, you know, this is a a time in the uh, first terms of most recent presidents when they've been uh, at a down point in the polls. And besides... What the hell do polls mean in this? I, you know me. I mean, they have had a, a decreasing amount of response, uh, less responsiveness to their phone calls because um, for one reason, I don't know if they still do this, but historically they have, they call it dinner time because they think people will be home. And they're home and they're having dinner and they don't want to be called. And so they hang up. And so they do what they call waiting with a a GH to try to account for the kinds of people most likely to not respond. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds clever, doesn't it? Anyway, some presidents recover from this low point. Some don't. Like my dad always used to say, it's not polite to boast. I've always cared about voting rights, cared about them the most, but it turned out I had a couple bigger things on my plate. So I got around to voting rights bills just, you know, a little bit late. Made my big speech. All about them. Then had to watch both bills lose. Yeah. No big surprise. Look what I've got now. Mm-hmm. The regular guy, Scranjo Blues. I was there, learned when to twist some arms, when to show I care, but turned out they changed the rules, earmarks went away, you know, I can't dangle the promise of a bridge or 
use a new dam to sway. So a couple of who I thought of were uh, my fellow Democrats. Well, they felt they were free to refuse. So I ask you, who wouldn't end up having the regular guy Scranton Joe Blues? You know, I may not be Mr. Charisma, squint when I read. I clear my throat and muddy my thoughts. Still, I was born to lead. I don't mean to bring all this up again. I, I know a thing or two about loss. I'm ready to turn this thing around with the uh, help of my own special sauce. But now, some of the party heavyweights are whispering about 24. There's certain Mrs. Clinton will be the candidate once more. It's not exactly a morale boost when they think she could fill my shoes. I just need a couple days to get over. These regular guy Scranton Joe Blues. These regular guy rode the train every day, feels you and hears you, knows your pain, working hard every day. Fighting for you, regular guy Scranton Joe Blues. First you say you don't, and then you do, and then you say you will, and then you won't. You're all decided now, so what are you gonna do? Now you wanna play, and then it's no. When you say you'll stay, that's when you go. You're all decided now, so what are you gonna do? I've been sitting on a fence, and it doesn't make much sense. Cause you keep me in suspense, and you know it. Then you promise to return. When you don't, I really burn. Well, I guess I'll never learn, and I show it. And if you got a heart, and if you're kind, don't keep us apart, make up your mind. You're undecided now, so what are you gonna do? Oh, <laughs> 
Microplastics, it turns out, can deposit and linger within riverbeds for as long as seven years before washing into the ocean, according to a new study. Because rivers are in near constant motion, researchers previously assumed that lightweight microplastics, oh, don't call them lightweight, they're, they're, they're significant, quickly flowed through rivers, rarely interacting with riverbed sediments. Now researchers led by Northwestern University and University of Birmingham in England, not Birmingham, have found hyperreic exchange, exchange, a process in which surface water mixes with water in the riverbed, can trap lightweight microplastics that otherwise might be expected to float. It's no ivory soap, babe. Study was published in the journal Science Advances marks the first assessment of microplastic accumulation and residence times within freshwater systems from sources of plastic pollution throughout the entire water stream. You should pardon the expression. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time. The new model describes dynamical processes that influence particles, including hyperreic exchange. I'm so sorry, it's probably dinner time. And focuses on hard-to-measure but abundant microplastics at least 100 micrometers in size and smaller. Most of what we know about plastics pollution is from the oceans because it's very visible there, says one of the study's senior authors. Now we know that small plastic particles, fibers, and fragments can be found nearly everywhere. However, we still don't know what happens to the particles discharged from cities and wastewater. Most of the work thus far has been to document where plastic particles can be found and how much is reaching the ocean. Our work shows that a lot of microplastics from urban wastewater and up depositing near the river's source end up, sorry, depositing near the river's source and take a long time to be transported downstream to oceans. So you oceans, you're lucky. Rivers are delaying it for you. Micro, one Just one word, microplastics. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, a little thing about our friend the atom. The federal government of the United States is acknowledging it has been shipping mixed radioactive waste from a nuclear cleanup site in Idaho for disposal in Nevada. Well, that's right next door. In a statement following a protest letter from a congresswoman, from Nevada, the Energy Department said about enough material to fill five Olympic-sized swimming pools has been sent since 2009 from a former dump 
at the Idaho National Laboratory to the Nevada National Security Site. The uh, Energy Department says the Nevada State Division of Environmental Protection participates in predisposal documentation and review of the material. State and federal government have clashed in the past over shipments of radioactive materials to the vast former government nuclear test site in Nevada. Titus publicly protested the dump in a statement this week, writing, quote, Nevada is not America's dumping ground. Since I learned about the proposed transfer of nuclear waste from Idaho, I've had concerns. Until I receive satisfactory answers to all of my questions, I will continue to, continue to voice my opposition to any transfers of nuclear material, unquote. This comes after, if you recall, news last week about problems, complaints, concerns in New Mexico about nuclear waste being sent from Idaho. It would seem that other western states don't want Idaho's nuclear waste. Just a guess. Just a surmise. News of our friend the Adam. Didn't sound like I pushed the wrong button, did it? That never happens. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time with that button fixed over these same stations, radio-wise, and on your audio device of choice when you want it. Because you are the you in public radio. And it would be just like me never saying that again if you'd agree to join with me then. Would you already? Thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk. Pam Halstead, and to Thomas Walsh here at WWN on New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. 
the email address for this program, the playlist of the music heard here on, and your chance, your dwindling chance to get Cars I Type t-shirts all at harryshare.com. And there's much more there. I, I, I swear. Okay, I know on the on the spectrum of calendars, it's okay to say Happy Thanksgiving. It's not okay to say Happy Memorial Day. Where does Martin Luther King birthday fit? Happy? No. Hmm. You can let me know. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from a chilly New Orleans.